0: Welcome to Braveheart Conversations,
1: where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora, and I'm Marie Wallace, and we are your hosts today. Morning, good morning. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora, and this is my lovely co-host, Marie Wallace. Hello. Good morning. And today, I'm excited to be talking about knowing your values and standards. So this month, um, we're going to be kicking off July here, and we are talking about having a healthy relationship. So in the summer, you know, the theme really is growth. Everything around us is flourishing and growing, and, you know, we're not quite to harvest season, but everything is pushing towards that, uh, that season of being able to Harvest your abundance, right? So I thought it was very fitting in July to talk about growth and what does health look like in, mm-hmm. in relationships. So we're going to start at the very, very foundation. We're going to go to the very, um, the, the bricks of a healthy relationship. And so we're starting at values and standards and that is so very important. And you know, I used to kind of laugh at non-negotiables. Back in my old codependent days, <laughs> right? Because I used to know that I was going to betray myself. So I couldn't I couldn't set non-negotiables because I knew deep down I would choose a relationship over my values and mm-hmm. over those non-negotiables. And I eventually learned, you know, my if if I claimed that my non-negotiable was self-care and honoring myself, then that meant I must honor my values over any relationship. And that was a really big Key aha moment for well, it's me. It's a
0: toughie too. Yeah. It
1: really is, uh, because it goes against a lot of our programming. Um, you know, we're we're often told to compromise for relationships, and and I think there is a big difference between collaborating and taking into account all of the different interests and you know pieces of a of a puzzle then there is you know compromising i really don't believe that you ever have to compromise your values and i understand how outrageous that is to say also because um, i know for myself i was i was consistently told that good relationships take what compromise compromise and so I do understand that it's a little outrageous for me to sit here and say they do not, <laughs> they do not require compromise. Um, so let's start with what? How do you get to determining your own values and standards? That was tricky for me because I didn't really understand what they were, and then it's overwhelming mm-hmm. to you know decide what your values and standards there's are. There's so many. <laughs> so choose from. Um, Marie, what, what was your process? What did that look like as you discovered some of your values and standards and the things that were really important over and above any relationship?
0: Well, I really wanted joy in my life and I really wanted, um, love in my life. And those were two really strong, really, um, driving factors for me and if you're sitting around in a relationship and there's no joy and you don't feel loved or you don't feel the love it it's like defeats the purpose of having the relationship so i i i just wrote a list of the things that i thought were important and i actually put a value system on them deciding which ones were most important and then i focused in on the ones that were most important to me because I felt like if I expected these things from a partner, I needed to expect it from myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key. You know, I, I talk to people all the time who's like, I want them to respect me. I want them to love me. I want them to do this. and But they don't do it for themselves. They don't honor mm-hmm. themselves. They don't, as you were saying before, I many times I betrayed myself to hold on to that relationship, to to be loyal, because loyal was expected, um, and all these things, but if you truly know your, those top values, you can easily make decisions from it. Oh, that scared so me. Sorry. So sorry.
1: <laughs> My dog's at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Anyway, he's so doing that's his how job. I
0: decided. He, good, good job.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, that that's such an important point, that when when i say something as important you know how could he possibly you know verbally assault me that way how could he disrespect me how could he cheat on me or whatever the the thing is um what i learned to do is recognize the mirror in front of my face Mm. that was basically saying you're allowing those things to happen to you so why would he Exactly why would he do anything different if I'm not my
0: word to myself who else will be right yeah.
1: because at the end of the day I was still choosing to allow verbal abuse I was still choosing to stay in a relationship in a home in the situation where I was being mistreated in in whatever way I was and so instead of feeling betrayed by the other person Which I have no control over. Sure. I do have control over whether I betray me. Mm -hmm. And I can always choose something different. I can always choose not to betray me. And so that means like a non-negotiable standard for me. Is that I do not allow verbal abuse in any relationship, in any context. No. So that means, you know, my behavior will Will reflect that. It doesn't mean when someone um, you know calls me a nasty name that I you know just shout louder. That, that's my boundary. Don't you know that's my boundary? They don't care. No, I walk away. Yeah. Any situation where that behavior shows up, I leave. Mm-hmm. Um, because actions are what really show, really reflect your standards. Exactly. So I learned to take responsibility, radical responsibility for me, instead of placing that responsibility on someone else. Yeah,
0: expecting them to do it, it, it's just, yeah, like you said, we don't have control over that other person.
1: Yep. Only what we're doing. Yep. And I I can totally hear in the back of someone's mind out there thinking, wait a minute, I thought you were talking about healthy relationships. Exactly. Right? And you're talking about leaving them. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Conflicting values. Yes. So let's talk about that for a minute. So in order to have a healthy relationship, you must have compatible values. And I, I will say it like black and white across the board. If you have conflicting values, you will have a relationship full of conflict and strife and resentment. And that is unpopular to say, and I know it. And I know that there's a million counselors and coaches and books out there that will tell you that as long as you're in the game and you don't give up, then you can make your relationship healthy. And that is bullshit. That is just pure bullshit. And it is something that a lot of people want to hear because they don't want to give up on their relationships. But... Like, yes, you can, and I did, make it in a relationship where I forced it and we had very conflicting values and I numbed out to all of the pieces that didn't match. And that was a really unhealthy, unhappy relationship. It was void of a lot of connection. Um, It was void of a lot of the things that I deeply desired in a relationship. So can you make it work? Can you survive it? Sure, you can survive it.
0: But if you really want a thriving, flourishing relationship that fulfills you, mm-hmm. um, then you have to look at the underlying things. And the underlying things, when I as I was listening to you talk, was what's the reason I'm not leaving the relationship? Fear. I'm not leaving it. Fear, loyalty, those all those programming things, right? Yeah. Um, loyalty often conflicts conflicts in our values because we will put that above Everything and then not leave a relationship that's not fulfilling. And it's really detrimental to both of us, not just me, but to our partner, because you know they're not happy either. Mm-hmm. And it's just that constant fear of, oh, I'll never have another relationship. That's really what's the driving force for a sting, and we'll hold on and hang on for dear life, mm-hmm. because we're afraid that it will never happen for us.
1: Well, and endings are painful.
0: Endings are super painful. It doesn't
1: matter if it's a partner that isn't a good fit. It's still painful. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, going... And scary. It, it's very scary. It's, you know, dividing um, a relationship is, is always like who's going to have what and where am I going to live and... All, all the It's things. so many things, um, especially if you have children involved. And so that's why we want to start at this particular step when we're talking about, you know, if in a perfect world you're not in a relationship and you are seeking to create a healthy relationship, this is where you start. I fully understand that we have a lot of listeners who are already in a relationship trying to figure out what to do. And if it's something that is Um, worth keeping or not and so I do understand that this particular episode may not make sense for some of you who are in that circumstance and bear with us because we will get there we will get to yep Um, in fact I want to say it's August or September we talk about what to do when you are in fact in a relationship or in a marriage where you're not really sure what to do because you realize that you have differing values and and how do you how do you move forward from there? So we will get there. Um, we are talking today though about if you are at square one, you're not in a relationship and you are looking to build a healthy relationship. So
0: um, I would say you could still do this for yourself um, and 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 still have that healthy relationship for yourself. As you're going, it's a good place to start, to know what you want.
1: There's Yeah, and I'm certainly not saying don't understand your own values and standards, even if you are in a relationship. This is a really important piece of knowing yourself. And it's something that we haven't really been taught to prioritize. We've been taught a set of values uh, that we're told are right for everyone, right? And we haven't actually been encouraged to understand what our particular values and standards are. So um this is a good good step for anyone. Especially it's- as a woman, I think we've we've also been taught if if you've grown up in a particularly religious environment, we've often been taught to prioritize the values of our partner mm-hmm. and not of ourselves. Well and something else that pops up is
0: um we we don't know what we want so sometimes we're struggling in a relationship that might have potential to be very healthy but because i don't honor my values or i may not even know what i value or want i can't communicate that and if i'm not communicating that with my partner then then they're just like grasping for i don't know what she wants and and so So that's also a good place to start for if you're struggling in a relationship to see if if that, you know, you're kind of poking around.
1: Yeah. And I also think that, um, you know, communication is is one piece, but I think we also get, uh, we get stuck because, you know, some of us are in a relationship where we're unhappy or we know something's not right, but we're too lazy to do this particular piece. Mm -hmm. And so you can't actually clarify within yourself what is is a miss in the relationship and tell you, you know, really get clear about what it is that you want. And it takes a minute. It does. Um, I do want to talk specifically about how, how do you identify values and standards? And for me, um, values, this is interesting because again, I was taught, uh, that I should have a particular list of values they were defined for me. They were not something that I was supposed to determine myself. Um, I was I grew up deeply religious, and so I had a list of values that was spoon fed to me. This is what you <laughs> believe. This is what is moral. This is what um, this is what you should value. And as I have evolved as a human, I have also realized that many of those things were simply shoulds and they were a lot of obligations that didn't feel true to me. And what I realized was um, getting clear about what I valued required me to go to a very uncomfortable place and get clear about what I desired most and I was taught that desires were actually really bad and so that's why it was very uncomfortable for me to get clear about what I desired but desires give you a very clear picture of what you value most and whether you stuff them or you get honest about them they are there either way so um, for me a huge value is transparency and honesty Mm. Which means I must be honest about what my desires are. Um, Yeah, I call that integrity. It's like vital
0: for every relationship mm -hmm. I have. Every. Because if you don't have that, it feels like a very wobbly foundation. Mm -hmm. Right? Because you can't trust. You can't...
1: You can't... um, yeah, you just can't go from there. Well, and you really can't even trust yourself mm. if transparency and honesty isn't at the top of the list. Uh, for me, yeah. I would rather know um, from a friend or a partner or any relationship, I would rather know the truth than, yeah. than um, have a pretend relationship and I think that that is
0: such a good way to put that a pretend relationship like when we're little girls you know (laughs) so true it is so true yeah but you know look at the people that you admire who do you admire what do you admire about them that's a way there's lots of um testing things online, where you can look at the values, look at your good experiences and your bad experiences, and you're gleaning information from your experiences. What were the things that really brought you joy, that really made you thrive, that really made you come alive, bring that fire, and what are the things that you're going, yeah, I really could do without that the rest of my life. And that'll really give you a good start. So what else?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So when I look at desires as that that first piece, you know, I might say things like, "Hmm, I really desire a simple living space, Mm. right? Something that I don't have to maintain too much." Or I might say, "I really want a a living space that may, you know, for me, I like gardening, so it requires a lot of work, but I like that because I love plants." Um, So that shows. A desire and a value right mm-hmm. I value a certain type of living space um, that's that's a really simple thing or there might be a something... value
0: simple living style so you can even look at your
1: style of living right. yep and you might look at you know the style of relationship you might think you know my desire is for um, a high intimacy partnership maybe I want to spend a lot of time with my partner and I want to do a lot of things together or Maybe I want one. I want a partnership with a lot more independence Mm -hmm. Maybe I want one where my partner is very comfortable doing things by himself or herself. Yeah Um, You know there's Things like, you know, some people are great with open relationships. Some people are very not okay with open relationships. There's, you know, all of these values you get to define. And you get to throw out any of the pieces where you've been told what you have to value. Because, you know, even something like my my living style... I could I could grab some things from my childhood that would say what is good and what is bad. Yeah. So I get to really define for me what I really want, what I really desire.
0: And it takes a minute. That's the part that takes a minute. It's just really reflecting. Mm-hmm. A lot of reflection, but it's so worth it in the end because you're you're taking a small amount of time if 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 you think about the big picture, it's a small amount of time to really gain valuable information about what you yeah. want. And that could go over time too because we evolve and we change and our desires change and, you know, and our values may get shifted in priority as we grow older, you know, um, since I'm an older person, you know, what I used to value was a lot more work time and, and that fulfilling thing and now it's like I, I kind of like rest time and and um, kind of sitting around time and, I'm sorry, I have a hair or something. <laughs> Drive me nuts. all my
1: animals, we have Hi. too much fur.
0: <laughs> yeah, all that, you know, I have one of those too, so. <laughs> anyway, it's just, it's so worth the time you know, don't say you don't have time because I, that's probably one of the number one excuses that I hear. Mm-hmm. I don't have time. It's worth every minute to sit down and figure out.
1: You always have time for you. Uh-huh. Like, how, how you spend your day time. is how you spend your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to take a minute. Uh, hi, hi, Richard. Hi, Abby. Um, I'm so glad you're both here. Um, Abby says, thank you for helping me learn that there is more than black and white. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, we got
0: color today.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: For colorful language, colorful day,
1: and summer—it's everything is beautiful oh, and bright. Yes. Um, okay, so then I want—we talked a little bit about values. I would really like to cover um, standards and how mm-hmm. we get to standards. They're a little bit different. So values, I really determine as like what is important to me. What do I value, right? Um, and that is. Then you the know, standards
0: are the tough part. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> values are more about what I desire. Standards, this is where I set the foundation by determining what my rights are. And some of you may cringe at the word rights. I did. Because I was taught that that was absolutely outrageous to think about That's what selfish. my rights were. That I should always be concerned about what someone else's Rights were. And um, to think about what I deserved, really what I demanded and required, those are all words that felt like gravel in my mouth. And even sometimes when I hear it, it makes me kind of go, I demand. Yeah. So part of this was desensitizing myself to the word rights. And I literally wrote out a manifesto of rights. Um, all of my basic rights. And it really helped me get clear about what my standards are. Um, So something like I have the right to um, verbally respectful relationships. I have the right to a peaceful home. Um, I have the right to um, my personal authority. So, you know, that people don't Uh, Step in and pretend like they get to run my life Mm -hmm. Um, So that's just a few examples of identifying the rights that I have and once I have identified What my rights are and this is something that's never done for me. This is something that I will occasionally uh, realize, usually because of a resentment, because resentment is a powerful superpower. I don't care what they say. It's an indicator something's it, arrived. <laughs> it's amazing. So when a resentment pops up for me, it's telling me that a, li- a, a right has been violated somewhere. So, um, uh, an example for me is I, uh, last year, I had a guest, I used to have an Airbnb room that I rented out, and I had a guest who would constantly hold me hostage in her uh, conversations. And even if I told her, you know, I didn't have time to talk, I needed to move on, um, she would continue on the conversation, she wouldn't respect what I was asking for, and we would end up standing for, you know, sometimes hours, and it was really heavy, um, negative conversation. Everything that was going awful in her life, and she was very unresponsive to any um, any suggestions or resources, and I would feel so drained and resentful and irritated by the end of those conversations. Well, I'm hiding. Yes, I would tiptoe <laughs> around my house. So, so, what was that telling me? It was telling me several things.
0: You don't have the right to your own house.
1: <laughs> yeah, my space. space, my time. I was entitled to my time, right? Um, I also, I also realized that one of the standards I have is constructive conversation. I'm only available for constructive conversation. That was really um, icky, unconstructive. Like there was nothing that was being moved forward in that conversation. It was just verbal vomit. And I realized I'm not available for verbal vomit. (laughs) And without that experience, I wouldn't have been able to clarify that. So now, when a resentment shows up, when something shows up that feels like I'm being walked on, or feels like I'm being taken advantage of, I pause and acknowledge what right was violated. And then from there, once I've determined my rights, then I can say, when this right is violated, the consequence I will enforce is blank. So. You know, like in that particular example, when someone is verbally vomiting on me, the consequence of not respecting my time or not respecting my right to constructive conversation, I will. And this is where we often get it wrong because we usually say you have to, right? And you can't control what anybody else does, but I can control what I do. So if there is unconstructive conversation happening, then I will leave the room, yeah. right? I will, and this is what's what's hard for me and in, that, in that situation, right? What comes up for me is, oh, I don't want to be rude. And this is where self-betrayal totally becomes a saboteur because I had a choice in that moment to either honor myself and my own values and my own standards or i could cave to my fear of appearing rude. So that's um, that's how i clarify my standards/boundaries. Marie, what are some of the things that come up for you as you're like trying to identify or as, you know, this is a work in progress. It's not something that it's all set in stone and done. We're always <laughs> Always evolving
0: and learning. Yeah, even, you know, after 20 20- something years, 26 years being together, we still come up because we have new situations and new things that arrive. And recently we have um, our family moving in and that required us to really think about what we wanted and how we want, because to us, our relationship was important. um, and, And we wanted to keep that relationship and in order to keep that relationship, That sounds a little different than what we talked about this morning, is to keep that thriving part of the relationship, we had to enforce some things. We had to know what we wanted out of the situation. We had to make standards, and then we build boundaries around those standards. For us, it was to have a peaceful home, an engaging home, to have... Um, love and respect and and then we wrote out from there what you know what does that mean when I say I would like respect what does that look like Um, and we zoned off our house and had little boundaries from that but but I I really want an engaging yeah. an engaging family and, and and so we said that we wanted family meetings and which gives us time to connect and to be together and to be on the same page and for everyone to have a voice so because I value everyone being empowered and feeling empowered I created situations that would facilitate that. So to me, having an empowered person in my home Mm -hmm. is most vital. And so that's just, you know, one example that's happening currently, like that just recently, last week. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. and, but I had to know what I wanted. And that takes time for me to pull back and go, what, what do I, what kind of experience do I want? And, and obviously just like, you know, Jillian was talking about, there's an if then Right, if this doesn't happen, then you know we have to go then back. Then I will. Then I will. Yeah. Right. And I've had to even in a week go, oh, you know, I will say this or I will do this. And you know, they're very accommodating and listening because once you have done that with people for a while, they're pretty much they they want to be in relationship with you. Or they don't, right? Mm-hmm. But it was very important for them to keep our relationship.
1: Yeah, and this is where like, it's really important to understand some of the red flags, too. This is a very, very great way to get true colors to show real quick in any relationship is when you throw out a standard and you say, actually, I'm not available for yeah. blank, and um, you will either get someone who's like, wow, I did not realize. I can see how maybe that would be you yeah. know, frustrating or irritating or how can we resolve this? Very, very interested in a win-win. Yes. Or you will get someone who says, how dare you? <laughs> you don't want that one. <laughs>
0: Have if it's not they? a win-win, it's not going to be a healthy relationship. <laughs> just saying right from the get-go.
1: The way that your no's are responded to or the way that your standards are responded to are really telling. And so if if someone responds with dismissal, you know, oh, that's not really a big deal when you've clearly just said it's a big deal or you're being dramatic
0: they're arguing, yelling.
1: They're minimizing, dismissing, um, blatantly saying, I don't care, I'm going to do it anyway. These are all really big red flags uh, for any relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or otherwise. Someone who cannot accept your no um, really is, um, is setting the stage for a, a very unhealthy, predatory relationship. Um, So, if you are interested in collaborative and partnership relationships, it is absolutely imperative that both people are able to accept a no. So, and that means I'm responsible for that too. That means if someone says they don't want to do something, they're not available to do something, then I get to also um, respect that. Now, sometimes that means that the relationship isn't a fit. And that is really challenging to be honest about, but it's also really healthy. So, you know, one thing I've talked about many times before is my boundary about uh, substances, about alcohol. I have a ton of trauma um, in my past relationships around substances and substance abuse, and so a boundary that I have is I don't allow substances in my home, and I don't have any close relationships with people who use substances. Um, at least like actively, they don't use it around me. So that is a unique thing for me. and I also realize that many, many people use substances totally in a healthy way. So, um, It's not saying that I think someone else is bad. It means I recognize when something is just not a fit. And um, it took me a long time to get here, but I had to get to a point where I didn't judge myself for wanting that. Mm. And I did for a long time. I would try to force myself to be okay with something that deep down inside was not okay. And so to become okay with wanting what I wanted and really wanting what felt safest for me instead of trying to force something to feel safe that didn't feel safe. Um, that was a big step for me. And so I want to acknowledge anyone out there who maybe has a standard or um, or a value that seems weird <laughs> or it seems um, unreasonable. Different than others, yeah. Um, you get to want what you want. And it's okay if something isn't a fit, if a relationship isn't a fit. It doesn't have to be. There are so many people in this world. And, um, you know, what I discovered is there are a lot of sober people in this world. And there's a lot of people that have no uh, no issue whatsoever coming to my home and not drinking and not, you know, having whatever um, substance. Yeah. There's so many people. And I couldn't have ever... Um, I couldn't have ever had those people in my life if I hadn't been willing to say no to all of the ones who weren't a fit. So I know that's something that's just a unique thing for me, but I know everybody has those quirks, and you're 100% allowed to have those quirks.
0: Yeah, before we like wrap up, I'd like to say some of the benefits, because you know, it seems scary and and stressful maybe for some of you, but honestly, when you get clear, the benefits of having knowing your values and standards is that thriving relationship, and you have confidence when you make decisions. So when I know what I want and I what I desire, and I'm very clear on what I value, my decisions are so much easier. I have the willpower, which means like when it's tough. I can make that hard decision because I know what the outcomes and the benefits for that relationship are later. I'm willing to have conversations that are really very difficult, but most of the time, if you have those people in your life that you that really um, are that you are in a mutual collaborative, like Julian was saying earlier, if if you say something to them and all of a sudden, because it may not even be in their awareness, but me being clear makes it real easy to, so I just wanted to say what the benefits are. There's a lot more than that, but, um, but it's that thriving, flourishing relationship instead of the resentful or I'm stuck here. I mean, just ima- and, and imagine this, do you want this person in your life for 20 years when you resent
1: them? Yeah. If you look at
0: the big picture, the long part, and it's just that deep satisfaction.
1: It also really just creates so much trust and safety in a relationship. So if I get really vulnerable, and I've done this before with with several relationships, but Marie, if I were to say to you, please don't bring wine to the dinner that we're having, right? That, like, I know that I've said this enough times that... There's, there's a little bit of a feeling, a fear that comes up because I know how normalized it is yeah. and I look unreasonable and all the things, right? But I get brave enough to say, Marie, can you please not bring me wine? Now, and she has
0: said that and, and I'm like, good with that.
1: <laughs> right, so when your response is... Yes. No I mean, mom.
0: oh, well, yeah. Yes, I will honor that yeah. request is what I meant.
1: <laughs> I, I know what yeah. you meant. But yeah, like... <laughs> no when, problem. When I get that... There's there's a feeling within me that's like oh, like yeah. oh it almost like brings tears to my eyes like you see me and it's okay it's like a um, it's an like I'm safe mm. it's it's a confirmation of safety mm-hmm. every time that that happens it also will tell me if Marie is like oh, that's fine but whatever I mean that's really unreasonable but you know. Do you see how that clearly tells me whether this is going to be... Whether I value
0: Jillian and what she wants and what she requests. Is that a mutual
1: relationship? Exactly. And can she trust me? Exactly. Am I going to be safe to share my own boundaries or standards? Yeah. And that might be something, um, you know, Marie could have a, a similar thing. Maybe it's not substances, but there's some other, you know, I don't I don't like dogs. Can you keep your dog outside? <laughs> she loves dogs and, I do. and my dog uh, guru. But like if someone were to say that, you know, there's yeah. that's another um, situation where... Someone's vulnerable enough to say, hey, this really bothers me, and would you mind? Um, And it's such a trust-building exercise. So anyway, lots of good benefits in relationships there when they're responded to in a healthy way.
0: Well, and with trust and safety, that's how we can grow and expand in our Mm -hmm. relationship because otherwise we're stilted in our growth Mm -hmm. because we're too afraid to expand when, when we're feeling, you know, Caved in. Totally. Yeah. Awesome conversation. All right, we could go
1: on and on and on with this. This is our juicy fun stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean I have like a whole week of coursework on just this topic. So um you just got the like scratching the surface. So I hope you guys enjoyed this this piece, this topic. Um next week, let's see, we are talking about Embracing discernment. All right, so we're going to be talking a lot about red flags next week and how we can actually know red flags. They are not a mystery, um, and how to actually rely on your discernment because it very much is trustworthy, and it is possible to know when there is danger around. So you probably are far more competent in this area than you even think you are. So... I hope you will join us next week. If you have any questions or comments for us, feel free to email us. You can reach me at defytheaverage@gmail.com at gmail.com or Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. Yeah. Yeah. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, even if you just have a, a quick comment to share or a suggestion for something you'd like to hear about in the future. Um All right, we do have a retreat coming up fast upon us in September. So if you are interested in joining us for the warrior goddess retreat, we are going to be talking about how to reclaim your feminine power, how to reclaim your personal authority, and really understanding why it is that we often have such a hard time doing that. So if you'd like to hear more, Marie and I will both be hosting that retreat in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It should be absolutely beautiful. beautiful. I'm so excited. So um, please join us. You can find more information at JillianAurora.com. And if you click on Signature Programs, you will see the Warrior Goddess Retreat there. What else? Have I missed anything else? Your course? Oh, yeah. Yeah. so, well, we have a wire Goddess course as well, and that right now I'm running a special where you can purchase the course and the retreat if you would like to do both. That would be a super deep dive. I would highly recommend if you are up for that I would, I level recommend of it commitment. Too. Yes, <laughs> um, it's an eight-week course, so absolutely check out both of those, and you can find those both at the same place, Signature Programs, on my website, JillianAurora.com. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and close up. I hope you will. Oh, heres I I knew I was forgetting something. You can find our group, uh, Braveheart Conversations. And you can find any of our previous recordings there. You can join in conversations there. And we are also on multiple podcasting platforms. So check us out. Give us a review. Share the love. And we will see you again next time. I hope you stay cool out there. Don't get caught up in the heat. And have a fantastic week. Next Thursday. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.